Hey friends, welcome back to Real Life Marriage, where I'm your host, Candace Mummert. And on a great day, my husband, Aaron, joins me as the co-host. Whether I'm sharing tidbits and encouragement or interviewing people brave enough to share what goes on behind closed doors in their marriage, it's all for the goal of strengthening marriages. We're glad you joined us as we unpack the good, the bad, and everything in between when it comes to real life marriage. Nine months later, nine months from the time the Lord healed my heart and I heard him tell me that this was my husband, we were married. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so part of your falling in love and part of your story included, Lori, your heart healing. Yes. Yes, that's true. Okay, guys, today you get to meet Lori and Craig Castle. They've been married for a couple of decades now, and they are almost empty nesters. Starting out as a blended family, they've walked through a lot So get ready, because there is tons of wisdom that they're going to share with you, including some really powerful words that you can use to affirm your spouse and to strengthen your marriage. I am so excited to introduce you to two people that are very, very dear to my heart. These are close friends of mine. Lori has actually been my mentor for a couple of years, and um, we love date nights with Lori and Craig. So. That said, I'm going to let you guys introduce each other a little bit. So, Lori, how would you introduce your husband, Craig? This is my husband, Craig, of 26 years, as of August 1st. He's my rock, a safe place for me to be me, and some days that looks different than others. And I can trust him with anything. Mm, that's good. That's good. Craig, how would you introduce Lori? Well, hi, I'm Craig. And I would introduce Lori as uh, one of the most fun people you will ever meet. So she true. She loves people. And I adore my life with her. I think she's awesome. She's my best friend as well as my wife and the mother of our children and all that other stuff, but I don't know why to do without her. That is awesome. Okay. So tell us the stats. You already mentioned how long you've been married, Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the basics, do you work outside of the home? Do you work in the home? How many kids do you have? All that good stuff. Okay. Well, I am five foot 10. (laughs) We'll skip the weight. We have uh, three kids. Uh, Our daughter is 30. Uh, and she is grown up, moved out of the house, and uh, thriving. She's doing well. Our oldest son is in the Navy. He is 23, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and our youngest is 19, and he's still living at home. And he's doing well, too. He's, he's doing everything he can to get out. Yes, he feels like he's ready to launch. And I'm making sure that when he's ready to launch, he's ready. that's what I'm that's what I'm doing but I work outside the home right now most of our married life I've been home with the kids when I've needed to work I've worked at night so Craig was home with the kids in the evening and um, we've spent quite a few years in our 26 years of marriage you know alternating day and night work but right now I'm working awesome and Craig you also work outside of the home I do I work in IT I've been doing IT for goodness, 
about 25 years or so. So tell us how you got to where you are now. Like, how did you meet and how did your love story begin? Well, I think you should go first because God talked to you first. Um, okay, so when I got saved, um, my family was going to a church that um, I, I got saved in college. And my family was going to a church that um, was not really in line with my own thoughts. And the church I could walk to was about a mile from the house, something like that. Anyway, so I started walking the church um, after I got saved. And that's where I met her dad. And he, he had just recently left another church and started coming there. And I don't even remember how we got to talking together and stuff. But her dad and I used to hang out and we'd go to Bible studies and stuff together and go minister together and things. And, and as, as that was going on and I was going to church with her dad, she was actually going to a different church. And her dad would bring her daughter to church with him sometimes so that she could participate in the youth group and and um, so I got to know our daughter first, and over time, the Lord just impressed upon me that I was going to be that little girl's dad and marry her mom, which there was no evidence of that whatsoever because she didn't like me. She didn't like me hanging around. She didn't like me at her house. And when I was over there hanging out with her dad, kind of let God do his thing. And he did. He did. I had, I had <clears throat> my daughter when I was 16. And when I became a believer at um, 17, closer to 18, my dad was taking Jamie, my, my daughter, our daughter, to, to church so I could go to youth group. So I was learning and growing and serving in youth group, but I'd come home and this guy would, would be at the house. And I, on several occasions, asked him, like, why are you here? Why, why are you coming over? Dad, why can't you pick him up at his house? Because he lived two blocks away. I was not very nice to him. But what we have discovered was during that season, the Lord was healing my heart. And he was of lots of wounds, but he was doing a work in me, due in a large part to the prayers of Craig and the prayers of my dad. And, and so a year before the Lord spoke to me, he spoke to Craig. And then the following year during a revival, I drove up to their church and was going to attend the service and I got out of the car and I saw Craig walking from the church towards our vehicle and the Lord just, I mean, I heard him say, this is the man you are to date and this is the man you are to marry. And in a moment, I just loved him. Wow. I did. I just loved him. And he's, um, I said, hi, are you going to give me a hug? And yeah, I, I was a little, little shocked at that point. I wasn't trying anything. <laughs> I got no moves. <laughs> but God took care of that. So nine months later, we were married. Yeah. Yep. Nine months later, nine months from the time the Lord healed my heart at a revival service, and I heard him tell me that this was my husband, we were married. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. And so part of your falling in love and part of your story included Lori, your heart healing from earlier in your life. Yes. Yes, that's true. I had, I had a lot of wounding from my childhood and a lot of wounding caused because I was trying to fit people. 
um, into that God space. I would reinvent myself to whoever I was with, you know, and spending time with boys and getting their attention for the moment was everything I thought I needed until that moment was over. And then I just hated myself more. And so there was a lot of rejection that from my childhood and, and then in my teen years. Um, and then, you know, as a, as a 16 year old girl who's pregnant and, um, you know, the, the father of my daughter was able to, to walk away. You know, that was really devastating at that time. You know, it's, I think it would be devastating at any, in any age, but when you're 16, it was really devastating. So I had a lot of wounding that the Lord, he just walked me through a season of healing and he brought alongside women um, at the church where I attended um, who would pray for me and encourage me. Um, my youth pastors just poured into me, loved me unconditionally, and I was a mess. And so, um, they just loved me and met me where I was at. And the Lord just continued to work on me and heal me. And I remember at a revival service, just all of that bitterness and wounding and rejection. I mean, the Lord just took it all. And he, gave, he, he in its place, he'd given me such a love for him and such a new picture of the Lord as father and the Lord as, you know, just one who can protect my heart. Mm. And so then as I was walking through that process, you know, Craig was just there. He was kind to my daughter. He was, he always spoke kindly to me, no matter how ugly I spoke to him and um, his love, you know, he just loved me when I was not lovable, when I was not returning that and his, his love remained mm. and it really created a safe place for me to trust in that love again. And isn't that a lesson in every marriage in so many seasons? Because we have to choose love even when our spouse isn't living up to our expectations or maybe we don't think they're fulfilling our needs. Yeah. We have to choose to love one another. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In times in 26 years that, oh, I mean, just countless times, we both choose that. Mm-hmm. And we both, we both on different occasions carry the greater load. I mean, there's no, there's no 50-50. Yeah. And then another part of your story that you've already shared is that you were a blended family right away. And yes. so what, what would you like to share with our audience to encourage those blended families, whether it's older kids, you know, in second and third marriages or brand new loves, you know, or first marriages, but there's already babies in the mix and children in the mix. How would you want to encourage them on lessons you've learned? Um, for me, um, you know, I had the benefit of being quite young, actually, whenever I first met her, she was like a year and a half old and we got married when she was four. Um, but even then there was still a conflict for her as far as, you know, what would life have been like with my real dad? Mm. And that all came to a head when she was a, a teenager. And there was a span of like 13 to 17 that she was really difficult to live with because she had that whole mindset going, you know, her life would be so much better if she, you know, lived with her real dad. You know, and that's one of those things that Lori, she, um, she reinforced the idea that I was her real dad. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that, though, because yeah, it would be hollow coming from me. And you just love her through. Loved her before we got married. You got Loved her as we as she was growing up, and she's always been my daughter. 
And then when she was old enough that she moved out of the house and she actually moved to the area where biological dad lived and she got a chance to meet him. And that kind of, she, she pretty much resolved things by then anyway. But then after meeting him, I was like, yeah, he's not my real dad. <laughs> you know, they build up that expectation though. And, and, you know, what can you do about that? So when I, I wouldn't know what to tell families where, you know, there's shared custody and stuff like that. That's a hard, hard place to be in, but love really does cover everything. Mm. Sometimes the feelings aren't really there behind it, but I'm choosing and choosing and choosing, uh, always choosing. And something that we've even talked about um, before, like a date nights and things, you know, we definitely um, share the belief that marriage comes first, your spouse comes first, well, God first, and then our spouse, and then the kids come next. But that foundation of a healthy marriage is even more important than our kiddos, you know, for so many reasons. And do you handle that differently when there's a child already in in the mix and and you are learning to love and trust and show them that this is for real and do you do you handle that a little bit differently well i know that um one of the lessons that the lord has taught me and we've seen it reinforced in our family is that love remains Mm. god's love remains love is not conditional his love is constant we can count on it it is foundational and it's trustworthy and so every time there would be a conflict, whether it was between Craig and I as we're trying to figure out how do we pay bills, you know, how do we save money, how do we, I mean, we were an instant family. Craig was newlyweds, we were also a, a new family. And I've never had anybody discipline my daughter before outside of me and my mom and my dad. And I never had to trust somebody outside of my family with her with her heart and you know the I do is really important but it's the I will and I can and I will again and I will again and I will again and the notion that um, just going in understanding this is gonna be hard work but that Jamie and I are a package deal I mean we're just a package deal so you get two for one Um, but one of the things that Craig did really well and we have learned together to verbalize is verbalizing love instead of um, and let me give you an example when jamie would have a hard time when she would tell me um craig's not my real dad i didn't choose him so then what that showed me was there's there's a lie in her head that is telling her if you could have chosen you'd have chosen better than your mom and dad you if you had the power you would have just the the um the fallacy that but her reality is so far below what she could have had. Like she's missing out. So I would, would challenge that belief. Well, first of all, I didn't get to pick my parents either, but it gets to pick their parents. And secondly, God is the builder of families and God put our family together. Mm-hmm. So God's us together. And third, we're not going anywhere. Your dad's not going anywhere. You can pitch a fit and doesn't matter how many times you're grounded or how many times you say he's not your dad. He's your dad. He's choosing to be your dad. He's not going anywhere. And that was a big lesson. I don't know if it's different for boys, but I know for girls, just that idea that, that the Lord, but also that Craig was going to 
to stay. There was nothing that we were going to do that was going to push him away. He made the choice for both of us. Yeah. And that goes along with the little nugget that you often share about words that work. Tell us about that. So much of married life for our marriage has been un- unlearning what we were raised in and learning what, how God wants our marriage to be. So I bring to the table a certain amount of philosophies and filters and stuff early on when we would get in the, you know, he's the saver, I'm the spender. So that was a big argument. And so I would bounce a check or I would, you know, he'd get paid and he was, we were one income family most of our married life. And so he'd get paid on a Friday and I'd have, I'd go to the grocery store, I'd buy ice cream, I'd rent movies. I would do all the things we couldn't do the last week before we got paid because we were so tight financially. So somehow I'd, you know, I I would use the money not wisely. And he wouldn't yell at me. He would be like, okay, we would talk about it, but we we would try to find a solution. And I was waiting for that fight. I was waiting for him to yell at me or get what I deserve. And what we practice now is saying, you know, I love you. I am for you. I'm not against you. You know, when emotions run high, I choose you. I choose you today. I choose you tomorrow. When we're not in agreement with something, we have pink and blue type thinking. I think in pink, he thinks in blue. I'm not wrong because I think in pink. And he's not wrong because he thinks in blue. We just, we're just opposite people, you know? And so, but having those affirmations, those words that work, what it does is it, it diffuses for me, it diffuses what the enemy's trying to build up in my head. Like, this is the one, this is that one thing. He's going to say, you know what? I've had it. I'm done. This is the straw. And what, and so when he says, I choose you, I don't like the situation, but I choose you that it just completely removes that lie and brings, you know, resettles my emotions so that we can actually deal with the problem instead of reacting to each other. Yeah. Yeah. We're running high. One of the ones that we'll, we'll both use, you know, when we get a chance to take a breath and you know what, this is just a problem. We're on the same team. We're on the same team. Yep. And you also say you champion each other. I love that. Yes, we do. I I am his biggest fan. And I tell him that often. I'll text it to him. I am his biggest fan. I mean, you know what else I love about that? Lori, you say that in public in front of people. Like not only do you say it to him in private, (laughs) but I've heard you say it so many times. I'm your biggest fan. Like, and it's important to affirm each other in front of other people too. Not that it's a show, but it just builds up even more when the time is right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I, I am. I mean, next to next to the Lord, I think I love him the most. I mean, it's the Lord of me. You know, I am his biggest fan. My, my thoughts towards him are for his good. I want to encourage him and support him and build him up. And I want those things for him. So we do champion each other. Okay, guys, that's it for part one of my interview with Craig and Lori. Part two will be coming later this week. But in the meantime, I hope you'll soak on those words that work. Saying things like, I choose you. I'm your biggest fan. 
Man, those are powerful words that we can use on a regular basis. But stay tuned because part two will be coming soon. And that is when Craig and Lori share how their marriage changed and the trials that came along when they became caregivers for Lori's mother. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to leave a review and share it with a friend to be part of Strengthening Marriages. Until next time, be sure you're loving on relationships.